0: Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are so thrilled to have you here. Scott Egan, president of RSVA. We thank all of you for joining us today, and we have a, a wonderful uh, couple of guests that will be joining us and giving us a presentation today. So uh, we are so looking forward to it. And uh, we thank you uh, folks coming in from Cooking Without Looking. And uh, with, without further ado, I'll have our panelists introduce themselves and just take take the show on here. So uh, please go ahead and welcome. Welcome to uh, Schomburg and RSVA.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. Um, um, I'm here with Annette Watkins. And she is the one of the two hosts of Cooking Without Looking. She's been with me for, um well, I'm thinking 22 years. <laughs> and I'm Renee Rentmeester. I'm the creator and executive producer of the show. Um, I don't know if any of you have uh, tuned into our YouTube channel. Uh, we started off in, um, uh, we started off at PBS, and we had a show on there in South Florida. And after that, um, we we have been like all over the place. We're working on getting onto a streaming service.
2: Um, Annette, uh, what what say you to start us off? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having us. It's an honor to be here. Renee asked me like. Quite a few weeks ago, I was like, for sure... And now the day has come and we're both here. We wish Alan could be here with us, unfortunately, but it's us two hosts. And Renee, as she said, is the creator and producer of the show. It's come a long way. And um, I've been a host since, gosh, it's been at least, like she said, I think it was more like over 25 years now. And I've seen it grown and and change and and bring in a lot of uh, new watchers, new people that are visiting our Website, listening to our podcast, and I think it's been helping so many people. So thank you for letting me be here today. Yes, um,
1: you know that's that's right. I, thinking about it, um, yeah, because it was I think two thousand. Well, it was two thousand one when I started the show, and um, I had come from TV. I used to work at CBS in Miami. And I was a press and public relations manager, and the media relations, and um, and I was also uh, a news assignment editor and producer. And um, <laughs> I left, and I started my own advertising and PR business. And I had always been on a lot of um, boards. So, and that you can jump in anytime. You don't have to stay quiet for me.
3: <laughs>
2: Um, <laughs> you have a fascinating story, Renee. I, I've always admired you for where you came from, from Channel Four, and then how you got in those chat rooms and realized that blind and visually impaired people do cook, <laughs> and they like that's... to share their recipes. Tell us more about that. Oh, well,
1: that's uh, that's right, and that you know, it's it's funny because. Um, you know, most people think when they think of TV, they think of, you know, fortune and fame. And um, for me, I've been in TV since I was 17, which is actually only three years ago. But um... <laughs> I don't hear any
2: laughing or clapping. OK, OK. <laughs>
1: but but, um anyway so so i i just wanted to do something um that would leave a legacy for my family i was on a lot of different nonprofit boards six of them at one point and i wanted to do something for us to leave um you know our family name so i as as you mentioned and that i what i did was i um went online and i I thought, okay, people who are blind, that would be interesting. At first I, I wanted to do um blind babies, but in the United States, um there are very it's a very small percentage of people who are actually born blind. And so um and since we were getting into the baby boomer age, there was going to be a lot of people, you know, who may have eye issues. So then I just I I looked for um I thought cooking because I found, like you mentioned, in those listservs, I found a list of people who are blind who love to cook. And I'm like, well, this would be interesting. How about a cooking show with people who are blind? So then I I searched for um, a blind chef and I found one uh, in Miami at FIU, the School of Hospitality. He was a blind chef and uh, he was teaching there. So we got him on board, and then I got Annette and
2: Alan on board. Alan, Annette, tell how I got you on board first. Well, she tied my hands up and uh, <laughs> kind of dragged me over there. Now, <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about my background. It's, it's not that, uh, well, it's interesting, but it's not in a way because I'm very grateful. This is how it started off. I really was perfectly sighted all through college. Then um, I, I started working um, shortly after in 1989 with the pharmaceutical company, and I was having problems seeing. It all started by just change in my hand, like nickels and dimes. I couldn't distinguish between them. I thought it was the lighting or what have you. And I don't know how many of you have experienced this, but I had to go from doctor to doctor to doctor, I think I went to about four different doctors, one who actually put electrodes on my head, little, and he was Ooh. doing all these kinds of tests. And he asked me if I was dropped on my head as a baby. <gasps> and I went to my mom and I asked her, she goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> Ironically, <laughs> I was, but okay, well. <laughs> I dropped my son when he was little by accident. But so anyway, <laughs> Then I finally found a doctor in Sunrise, Florida, who actually said that I should go to Baskin and Palmer because he thought I had something called like macular or Stargatz disease, actually. It's called that in younger people. So I was only, I guess I was about 32 at the time. And those were the days. And anyway, I went to Baskin Palmer. They did all kinds of tests on me. And they dilated my eyes. I drove back by myself in oh my. a storm, a stormy rainy with <gasps> those glasses they give you those black glasses because they dilated my eyes. Well, oh long ago, yeah, the test came back as Stargatz disease or as you probably know more is macular degeneration, uh, which was founded I guess by a German gentleman named Dr. Stargatz, so that's how it got its Makes name. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So I was diagnosed at about age 33. And I just kept working for a while till it got kind of tough because they made us use a computer in the car. But at that time, my vision was only 2040. Okay, in both eyes. That's not bad. But when it affects your retina and your central vision, it still affected how I could see, you know, money in my hand, how I could see the traffic lights, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And now I'm—I hate to say—but now I'm sixty-four, and <laughs> <laughs> thank you. No, <laughs> it's gotten <laughs> much worse. My vision is like twenty-four hundred, and. Uh, a lot of you could relate to the to that. I'm sure. I could only see the E on the on the chart at the doctor's office, and I had to give up driving in 2015, and that's that's tough. But anyway, a little bit about my background on that and how I got involved in the show. Um, it's always kind of who you know, <laughs> in a way. I met um, John Palmer. Some of you might know John Palmer. Anybody there know John Palmer? You know, he he deals with all the CCT machines and the Geordi and all those types of equipment that you might need to help you see through Magnifying America. But anyway, he was helping to fund the first show, the great idea that Renee had to do this pilot show of um, Cooking Without Looking. The name just was adorable. I, I just caught my <laughs> attention with Cooking Without Looking. And I was so happy to be able to be a part of that because I knew John and he he recommended me to Renee. So I'm very blessed with that. And and I've been with her ever since through thick and thin. Uh, we started out on a TV show, which sounds so glamorous and everything, but it was it's channel not. two. It wasn't too glamorous. Um, but one time we went to a Japanese garden and filmed out there. And that was kind of nice too, because they had everything in Braille and it was interesting, but we've had a lot of wonderful guests on the show and we just keep growing. And now we're in I don't know how many countries you want to explain a little bit about what you, what you did with the podcast and the show yes. and how it's expanded. Well,
1: yeah, you know, it was funny because when the pandemic first came on. Well, before that, I'll go back a little bit. Um, I had always wanted to travel to the different countries and, and do the show in all different countries with all the different blind, uh, organizations in all the countries. And so we had been working on getting something together for South Africa and boom, uh, the pandemic came. So you guys might know her. Um, uh, Sylvia Stinson Perez just, she called me one day and said, like, well, why don't you just do Zoom? You know, that was in the uh, glory days, the beginning of Zoom for everything. And I said, you know, that would be great. And and so I did. And when I started doing it, we were able to um, be with the South African, uh, Cape Town, South Africa, um, Cape Town, South Africa Society for the Blind. And uh, they did their things. Uh, they they made their um, some traditional food, and um, we're in eight countries now. I mean, we did the TV show part, which is on also on our YouTube channel, Cooking Without Looking YouTube channel. So it was eight TV shows. But between the podcast and the shows, the TV shows, we're in sixty three countries. Wow. And we would have never been able to do that without the pandemic and thinking
2: in a new way, which is which is always good.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: Right. We could reach we could reach thousands of people that way. I was just curious. I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the one screen with the audience looking at us, I guess, on a screen. I was just curious who our audience is today, what it's made up of from the the ACB. Can anybody speak to that? ACB?
0: Well I I I'll take a shot at this Scott Egan president of RSVA so hi, Scott. hi. Uh, first off it's hi. a pleasure to to have you folks here so good know you, and thank you for coming in. Um, This group primarily is uh, self-employed people. We run small businesses throughout the United States. Um, We may have businesses that consist of vending machines. Uh, Some of us have snack counters. Uh, Some of us have military bases. We may be in prisons, hospitals, uh, community colleges, technical colleges, uh, state universities. We're we're all over, and um, we get together a couple times a year, and uh, this happens to be our time to get together with the ACB national meeting. So here we are. So we are just again, so pleased to have you with us.
2: Fantastic. And where is that being held? What what state are you in?
0: Chicago, Illinois.
2: Oh, okay. Chicago. Interesting. I've been a lot of places, but never been to Chicago. I'm dying to go. So anytime you have a function that maybe we could come to, let us know. Well, you know, we were invited to actually be there,
1: but I told them you know we don't really we didn't really have like the the budget for it, right. so they were nice enough to let us do zoom but um Scott, your name was Scott yes, it is well, um, I hope you don't hold this against me. I do love Chicago, but you know what city I'm from
0: what what city
1: green bay
0: oh 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 oh
1: oh, you know. <laughs> Voted. I hope that doesn't offend you.
0: That's hard to hear, but you know, we'll, we'll 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 work on that friendship. How about that?
1: Okay, sounds good. <laughs> and you know if the Bears aren't in I mean if the Packers aren't in uh the the uh, finals, I always watch the Bears
2: or Minnesota.
4: <laughs>
2: You're such a kiss up, Renée. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> She 's a cheese head though all the way <laughs> yeah. yeah well, thank you, thank you so much for having us. Does anybody have any questions or comments they'd like to add? i mean, I don't know if we told you you know whatever you want to learn know, but there's I'm sure there's more that you're wondering about
0: yeah i actually i I have a question from my my uh, vice president here, first vice president she's asking uh, if you could describe a little bit about what we would see or hear on your show.
1: Okay. Well, first of all, um we have uh three segments. Um I write up a script, but the script is is more of a an outline because um I've been blessed with Annette and Alan who are extremely professional and they can like they can improvise excellently. So you will see three segments. The first segment is um, a person who is blind or visually impaired, and they're preparing their um, their favorite dish. And or by the way, you guys are all invited. But they're preparing their favorite dish and and, and describing it what they're doing as they go along. And then um, the second uh, segment is the same thing where someone else is doing that. The third segment is called Food for
2: Thought, and that's the next segment. Annette? Well, it's kind of transformed. Food for Thought is a lot of times it's either a president of an organization, a manager, or someone that has some kind of special equipment that they want to share. And I go ahead and interview them about about their equipment, about their organization, and then I put it out there to everybody because people want to reach out. I mean, they might not know about race something in particular, and D- then they to the get to, hand. to to hand. learn about to hand. Hand. that um, particular organization. Um, what was that one we had, Renee? With the you remember that one about the ball, baseball, or they were playing sports, a certain kind of sport where they play oh. they play baseball, but at the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was pretty funny. I mean, they would run the bases just by sound and run around, you know, the whole three bases. So that was interesting, and we never heard about that, and and many of our viewers never heard about that. So that was very uh, interesting, fun, and, and different. So we love that. Um, what else can we say? I always end up cooking a lot on the show, which I love because I became vegan about. I don't know, maybe five, six years ago. You're a healthy cook. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm not against meat. You know, if someone wants to eat meat, just personally for me. Johnny gravy? E. <laughs> everybody kept telling me because of macular degeneration, I have to eat a lot of greens. So I eat so many greens and vegetables. It's like I would barely eat meat anymore. And then I just finally just took it out of there because I get tired of, you know, cooking it in my house. I just eat a lot of um, different kinds of protein, like either protein powders or beans or tofu or tempeh. And Renee gave me a chance to to cook some of those um, dishes that I do on, on the show as well. So that, that has been a lot of fun. It's totally been crazy just to get there and trying to. You know, when you're visually impaired or you're blind, you got to be able to visualize in your mind through a description. So that's what all our guests try to do. And I especially try to do that. Like I'll say, you know, right now I'm going to go ahead and, you know, peel peel this on, onion first. And I'm using this kind of knife and I'm putting a knife. I explain everything, a description of everything I'm doing while I'm cooking. That's not easy to do you know it takes practice but that's what the cooking show allows because a lot of our viewers not all but a lot of our viewers can't see but also a lot of them bring their family and friends watch the show you don't have to be blind or visually impaired to watch the show or to use the tips you can you can
1: use i i use some of our tips all the time
0: we do have some questions in zoom Wonderful. And, yeah, we have some on in, in the room too, and people are chomping at the yeah. bit to ask you folks <laughs> questions. That's, that's may I, may I do oh, assume one? I do have one statement. I didn't know you could live life without having some meat around, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a Midwestern thing. <laughs> My boyfriend's a meathead, so.
0: Okay. So, <laughs> <just kidding. laughs> so let's take some online first. We'll do a couple online, then we'll come into the room here.
5: Uh, Rosanna. I have a question. I, I, you know, had a lot more vision than I do now. And over the years, I, you know, increasingly lost vision from glaucoma and corneal edema. And I like to cook and I'm finding it much more difficult now, obviously. Okay. My question is, I do like to cook chicken cutlets and pork chops and, and uh, steak. How does a blind person know when you fry something, how do you know when it's cooked? How do you know when it's done and you know, safe to
2: eat? Annette,
1: do you want to take it or you want me to? Either way.
2: Go ahead, because I don't really cook chicken anymore or meat, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're gloating there.
1: <laughs> no, just teasing. Basically what you do is you said you have the cutlets and things? Um depending on, okay, I'll I'll take a chicken cutlet first, but most often if you want to take a knife and if you want to feel it, um it it'll be it'll be very hard. It'll be harder than when you first put it in. So if you if you wanna have a little bit of a difference or, or notice the difference, you might wanna like take a take a knife or a wooden spoon and first when you put it in the pot, feel it around. Um, you know, feel the softness. And then um, when it gets on, usually like right off the top of my head, uh, it's like nine minutes each side or somewhere in that. So once it gets to be nine minutes each side, you want to take a wooden spoon or something where you can feel how hard it is, Um you know, and there's nothing that stops you from like cutting into it, and and um, maybe maybe taking um, your finger once it cools down a little bit. But it's nine minutes. That's an average on each side um, if you if you're frying them. And our next hand in Zoom
4: is Janine.
3: So hi, my name is Janine Lee, and I um. I am so excited to hear about this. I've heard about you and I um, I was excited to meet you guys. You were supposed to go to a convention in October, but weather got bad. So I, um, I love your mission and your vision. And I started on ACB um, a thing because I wanted to help people who were blind because I was sighted just like one of you. Um, and then I lost my sight very suddenly. So I started this thing called Wake, Make and Bake, and I wanted to help people cook at, while I was learning to cook without sight so um i love that you guys are doing that as well so i just wanted to say you guys are awesome and um my teacher told me that i should connect with you from the daytona center and i just haven't so um do you do events in florida that people can come to and meet you and we we on your show and stuff We have been,
1: but you know what, Um, uh, Annette's still in Florida, Alan's still in Florida, I left Miami at the pandemic's beginning, but you know what, you know how we do our show, Um, Janine, you're we on Zoom, and so then... Then I I put it on, I I put it on our uh, YouTube channel. We also do the podcast and that's separate, but you know, you're welcome to be on. If you just, I, I, if I told you the email now it'll be just, um, difficult. Go to our go to our cooking without looking um, Facebook page and and write a note on there and then how I get a hold of you and we'll have you on one of our shows if you'd like and you can cook with us and you can promote your thing. Um, we we are Switzerland. Um, we what we love to do is put everybody on mm-hmm. stage. Um, you know, we like to watch each other, uh, we raise each other up and we um watch one another shine and so you're more than welcome to do that just go to the Facebook page and leave a message and that's for anyone. That's for anyone who wants to reach out to us. That's the easiest way.
3: Cooking without looking, uh the Facebook page. I love that. Thank you guys so much for your time and thanks for being here. Thanks, Jenny.
0: All right, I just want to ask a quick pro tip. So for someone that's visually impaired um, or losing their vision, what is a good way to measure things, whether it be at a liquid or seasonings?
3: Do you have any pro tips on measuring for a recipe?
2: Okay, can I take that, Renee? You go for it. Well, for measuring, (laughs) to be honest with you, that's why I don't bake, because I don't do a lot (laughs) of measuring. But if you really have to, um, I've marked, let's say you just need a cup of water which is always an easy one. I just put my hold my finger at the top so I don't doesn't overflow. And that's how I know it's a cup. But I work very closely. I love my measuring, not the not the eight ounce cup, but the ones that are all individual. You have one that's a quarter, one that's a half, one that's a full cup. Keep those very handy and preferably on your refrigerator if they can be magnetic and then you'll know by the size you can feel it or visually impaired. You you can see it a little bit. You'll know which is the quarter cup, which is the half cup, and which is the full cup because they're all individual. It's not just one, one cup. Does that make any sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the, and it's for spices, you know, I'm sure you're a good cook and, and using spices to me is like an art, Um, I took my the round thing that you used to get at Bed Bath. They close now. But uh, (laughs) what I did was I marked everything like alphabetically, like spices A and B, I put on one tray and I have them all all labeled, you know, with big print. I made up some stickers and then I have the alphabet on there. And for C, there's a lot of spices for C. I don't know if you've realized <laughs> that you got cumin and Carmadan and cinnamon, and there's so many of them, but I just use one turntable. It's a turntable and I have C on that one. That's an easy one. And then just, that's one way of labeling your spices. And then I don't measure spices when I cook I know I should, but just for baking, I have to get no. like pumpkin spice, cinnamon. You got to put the exact amounts, but I just open it up and I have a little spoon and I just sprinkle a little bit, and hope for the best. <laughs> Nobody's yeah. complained that the flavor is good. I, I don't know if that's helpful, but
0: that's, that's what I do. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you. Okay, so next, is, give, give us your first name and ask a question, please.
3: Um, hi, this is Haley from Washington State. Um, thank you, ladies, for being here. Um, I used to teach home ec at our state agency, and now I chair the WCB Families Committee. And I think we might have one of our youth attending the convention. I think she might be in here. Um, so what pieces of equipment would you recommend for someone? Like what are pieces of equipment that you might use in your um in your cooking that's already accessible that you would recommend to people? Hmm.
2: Renee, do you have anything to say on that? I'm thinking. I'm I'm leaving it up to you. Okay. What pieces of equipment? Okay. Well. I have an answer when you're done too, so. Okay. I hope it's not the same as mine. Okay. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty much like a regular person. You know, I love my Vitamix. Number one. Do you use a Vitamix? Haley, do you use a Vitamix?
6: She said yes.
2: Oh, okay, thank you. Yeah, so I use a Vitamix and I use a food processor a lot. Food processor is easier than a Vitamix for certain things if it's not very liquidy because you're able to scrape it out with a spatula. Um, and I use this one particular knife that I like. And I sometimes I wear those gloves that they have for people who cut, you know, they cut like Ugg gloves where they put Oh, yeah, them. yeah. Yeah, those. Those seem to be helpful. Um, let's see. That's why I keep it pretty simple. I have a cutting board. Um, one side I use for like onions. So I put took a magic marker, a black marker, and I put a little o, uh, o in the circle, in the wood. I wrote it on there. On the other side, I put a star. So one side is for savory onions and garlic, and the other side is for sweet things. So the smell of the food does not get into the board and affect the other foods. So that's that's one other tip that I use. Um, I use some wooden spoons when I mix stuff so it doesn't get real hot. Um, I use that grill. No, it's called a grill. It's like a cover when you don't want things to splatter around. It might get too hot. So I put that cover on as well. But those are just a few things. Renee, do you want to add to that? Well,
1: I'm sort of a um stone age cook. So <laughs> I, I I'm like well, I, I keep it simple too. And um there there's a group that I, I cook with. Um they're blind out of California. And so I I I tell people that I use a fork, just a basic fork to mix if you're mixing things with flour or if you're mixing some sort of, I mean, we can all use a, a a blender or anything to mix things up, but I I use a fork, and I found that really good because you can tell if something's totally mixed. You can feel it around, and, and you don't have, forks aren't that difficult to wash, and if you're not into, like, washing dishes or washing beaters or whatever, you know, a, a fork is, is simple. Um, slow cookers
2: are are huge. Oh, I, was you thinking that. I wanted to say that. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm, you know, I have my site, but I'm a slow cooker fan, um, you know, and you're an air fryer person. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I use the air fryer a lot and the slow cooker is great. Like this morning, actually I, Soak some beans last night because you're supposed to soak them overnight. And then I put them in the crock pot this morning and added water, covered them with water, and it was pretty quick. I even put it on low, but you could tell when they're done just by taking a big spoon and stirring it. You could hear it because when they're not done, they still make a noise, the beans do. So the crock pot is great. You don't have to like hover over it. And the other thing I wanted to mention is this magnifier. I can't live without this because any kind of recipe or any kind of even measuring that you might want to do extra special. You can see everything if you're visually impaired with this. I I guess most people can. This is a 10X. This is the strongest uh, magnification that you're going to find. And I have them all over the house, and I write on them. Like D D is for den. This stays in my den. P (laughs) is for purse. K is for kitchen. And I keep them. All over the house, they can't can't live without them. So, do you use anything like that in your kitchen or anywhere? Is that for me or someone else? Yeah, for you, I'm sorry. I, oh, I,
0: I know I've got uh, magnifiers scattered throughout the house. I never thought to label them because they do tend to walk from one they room do.
2: to another. They them. do, and it helps to label it with a sharpie. Yeah, and uh, I'm saying, who took my magnifier? It had a D on it. It's not here before, you know. <laughs>
0: All right. I think we might have another online question here. We do. Carla.
7: My question is sort of a follow up question uh, on the meat thing. I'm totally blind. I'm a totally blind cook. So when you're cooking something like hamburger meat and you want it to get all the way done, how do I know that there's no pink left in it and that it's totally done?
2: Is that mine? bring the dog over if he he won't eat it
1: (laughs) no seriously i don't have a dog well again i I don't know um i i'm a wooden spoon fan you can you can feel it with that wooden spoon to feel how hard it is it won't it won't depress. It won't go in at all, and it'll feel it'll feel a, a little tough. And it won't. Um, and you know what? You can. I like being scientific in the kitchen, and there's nothing that says you can't cut the thing open and let it cool down a little and feel it because the feeling of cooked hamburger is a little bit different. And then remember you know think about how long you've cooked it and so for the next time you make it you'll know approximately you know you'll know the size keep the size similar and um just just do it that way just just to feel it but for you know you can do a little scientific test to see how long it does take to cook and then carry that over the next time you make your hamburger
2: Mm, that's a great, it's a great tip, you know, really, because I it, use it myself. Yeah. I do the same thing for French fries. If I put potatoes in the first, I steam them because they, this is the way the fire works best. I think if you steam the potatoes, cut them up, no, no, I'm sorry. No, steam them first, cut them up, put them in the air fryer and then you want them crispy, right? You want them to feel done. And if you can't <laughs> really see it, I take like like she said, like a fork or well, a fork, not a wooden spoon or a spoon. And I just kind of feel and see if they feel firm. And then I know that they're done, but so that's, that's it on that.
0: All right. Well, here's something I love about this whole thing. When I've got a room full of people shooting their hands up that they want to ask questions, that's always an exciting day for me. And I've got three people lined up in the room here who would like to ask a couple questions. So here's, here's the first question.
6: Sure. I have to give a couple little comments. Um, one, if you're afraid of your hot oven when it's hot, unless you're doing um, you know pies, cakes, cookies, baking things, but if you're doing, it won't work. But if you're doing casseroles or meatloaf or all kinds of meats, you don't have to start it in a hot oven. Right. You can start it in a cold oven and just add 15 minutes to the baking time. And so some people might like to to do that if they're afraid of the hot oven um also honey sure. meat, I do mine a lot in the microwave oops, in the microwave oven um my say a pound of hamburger. I break up the burger in little you know tiny pieces, put it in a strainer, put the strainer in a little bowl to catch the grease that drips out, cover it with a paper towel, put it in the microwave for five minutes. It's not exactly brown, but the grease has cooked out of it, which is what you want, and it changes color, and it works just as well for brown meat. Now, my question. Um <laughs> I've cooked for a lot of years, but I wonder if anyone has any ideas to put frosting on a cake. I used to heat the frostings and pour them on, and then they would harden up in 45 minutes, but they don't do that anymore, so... Uh, When I put spread frosting on a cake, it looks like a kid's been playing in the sand. It's all (laughs) bumpy and bumpy and in piles. So I want to know if anybody has any good. I've got Tupperware spreaders. I've got everything you can think of, but I just can't do icing on cakes to make it look good. So if anybody has
2: any ideas, fine. Uh,
1: (laughs) Thank you, Annette, you
2: or me? Well, I don't make cakes. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say one of those bags where you can maybe fill with the frosting and just start from the center and go around and around and keep getting a little bigger as you go. So you don't I, have to actually spread it. Well, you know what? There's something
1: I do because, you know, like I used to just rip my cakes up too. And um, I, I put the cake in the freezer after I, I finished baking the cake I put it in the freezer, let it freeze over some to the touch where you can just feel that it's hard and then when you frost it like you say you can you can use your tip too the combo because it won't rip the cake up that was always my problem I had to find out how to do that and so that's what I did I I still do I've I freeze the cake somewhat so it's somewhat hard and then you can put whatever kind of frosting like you said you know you can whip it around there or you can use a spatula whatever you want and it doesn't rip
2: Mm, I like that too and ma'am I like I didn't get your first name I apologize
0: Alice is her first name. Alice, Alice, okay.
2: I loved your tip about turning the oven on, putting the item in the oven before it's even preheated. Who needs? You know, you don't have to wait till it's preheated. You just. Right. I do that a lot, but I didn't mentally, you know, verbalize that I did that. Realize that, <laughs> that so many things we do just naturally out of habit. It and it's a great tip. Thank you so much.
0: I I do have a quick question for the both of you. Um, we've had a lot of ladies asking questions. Um, I too love to cook, but many times my cooking happens outdoors. Do you guys do uh, any grilling tips and that kind of thing? Sure. We've had a couple shows with
1: grilling on. On that, you want to go for that one?
2: We've had we've had guests on that love to grill like mm-hmm. crazy i i don't grill i don't grill either it's just simple actually we had a grill and i made my boyfriend get rid of it because it was all rusty and he wasn't using it but i love when i smell the neighbors grilling you know it's awesome (laughs) which is easier the
1: cleanup is easier that way right <laughs>
0: uh, it, it's 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 a joy for me. I enjoy doing it and my wife has learned to love some of my cooking so we 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 enjoy it. So I'm going to pass you
2: on share? The, why don't you share a tip? What, what,
0: what, would you like me to
7: I do a lot of grilling. Would you like me to tell you what I do? I
2: would love We would love to sure. hear it.
7: Ron. So yeah, before I get into that, I do a lot of cooking and um when I do meat, I hear a lot of questions about How are you gonna know when it's done? I use a talking thermometer, just like, and I take the temperature like anybody else would with a meat thermometer. And then you know it's done. And I I always do that. Um, When I brown meat, uh, I do it in the regular way in a pan. When I, I take a fork in my left hand, a spatula underneath, turn the meat over. And then if you take your fork and rub it across the meat, You'll feel it a little bit rough, so you know that that's brown. And then the other side, you brown it. When I grill, um, I like the grill, and I always preheat my oven. I use the oven gloves. I um, preheat the oven, I mean, preheat the grill. Um, I did get a, I think it's a, what is it? It's a Weber, Jenison, uh, um, Genis, Genis, Jenison, Gen. Uh, Yeah, and and it doesn't flare as much. There's a model that doesn't flare as much. So that's a good thing. Um, You do put the cover down. Again, when I turn the meat over, um, I have my gloves on, but I have the grill spatch in one hand. I find it with the fork, and then I press it down with the fork, uh, get the spatch under it. Sometimes I move the meat to the spatula with a fork and then turn it over. And it works very well. Um, uh, There was something else I wanted to tell you. Um, But, yeah, I always take the temperature of the meat with a thermometer. Always. I hope that helps. This is Artis. Um, one of the things uh, a lot of blind grillers do is they use the little baskets, too. And that way you don't have to worry about the meat flying, you know, through the rack into the coals or whatever. Oh, sure.
6: I'm Shirley. And I was wondering. Shirley. Shirley. Some people have recommended a, a toaster oven for those that are visually impaired versus the hot oven, but now we've heard a good clue from Alice. But I wondered what you thought about a toaster oven, using that for for various things like pizza and toast and stuff like that. And then we saw something um, in the store. It was a combination air fryer, toaster oven with a grill. I had a little bit of everything, but I just wondered the accessibility of a toaster oven. Several people have recommended that to us.
2: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I like to take that only because I love toaster ovens. I love air fryers. I love it all. But, like you said, if you get, like, we had Alan's a big fan of small appliances because they're more easy to handle and and so forth. Especially, I mean, even my sister, I have four sisters and they're all senior citizens and they all have toaster ovens. I don't know what it is about senior citizens and toaster ovens, (laughs) but they don't want to turn on their oven because, especially in South Florida, it's so hot. But yeah, I, hats off to using a, a toaster oven. Or now nowadays, like you said, you can get an oven. I just bought a new oven that has the air fryer right in there. And what I love about it, it has a bigger surface, bigger surface, a cooking surface than you get in a traditional um, air fryer. And they're a lot quicker and um, easier to use. You could just throw everything in there. And um just cook it that way or just use a toaster oven, like you said. Um, I see nothing wrong with using that. If it works for you and it cooks your food the way you the way you want it, that's fantastic. So keep up the good work. You know, in that
1: that's that's the main thing with our show. Um we're not like rule-oriented per se. It's more like if it works for you then it works for you. You know, we're not judgmental. It's like people give their tips and if it works for someone else, cool. If it doesn't, that's cool too. But um, there's no judgment. It's just like, you know what? You do you, whatever works for you works for you and you don't have to, you know, be threatened with any rules that are out there, you know, just stay safe and, and you do what works for you.
2: Especially, i like to add, especially when you're in your own kitchen. That's, that's really right. key. I mean, right. how many times have we went to a friend's house or a relative and you're in a new kitchen? It's uh-huh. it's tough when you don't know where anything is. It's crazy. But in your own kitchen, you could literally, no pun intended, do it blindfolded because <laughs> you know where everything is and you're an expert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point.
0: All right. Yeah, cooking is kind of like being, you know, on on an adventure, uh, driving down the highway, and you just never know where it's going to take you. That's the fun part. Of- <laughs> so, all right, one more question here.
4: Yeah, my name is James Gonzalez. I got more of a comment than I do a question. Um, you, they were asking about that um, if meat was cooked. And how to know about that, of course, you have meat thermometers, talking meat thermometers, gadgets in, in general are helping a lot of blind people now. Um, with measurements, they got, e- um, also talking, um, scales. Say, um, you wanted to measure a cup of water. You can just put the measuring cup on top of the scale, empty, measure out to zero, fill it up with water. And then um, measure it again, yeah? So then you can you can know how much um, one cup of water would weigh. So it's easier to find out that way, yeah? Um, say you can use the same uh, one cup and say you want half a cup. Because you know the weight of the food cup, you'll know what a half a cup would come out to. Just cut it in half. Yeah, that kind of thing. So um gadgets are, yeah, helping the blind really good now. Um what I would also comment on is air fryers are just fantastic to use. That's the new microwave of the future. I can guarantee that. It's so good and it um um it, it would cook your food real thorough. But the best part of it, it, it just shows a nice crunch right on the outside of it. So I would recommend that also in use for blinding as well.
2: Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for that. We like testimonials because when people hear you what you're saying, then they think, well, it works for him. I'm gonna try it, you know? So that's fantastic. Thank you.
0: Well, I've, I've been told that we can expand out for just a few more minutes. If anyone else has a question, here's a bonus time to ask a question. We so, have some more hands in Zoom. I kind of thought maybe we did online. Okay, let's do a few online questions, please.
5: Larry, go ahead.
0: We have a, 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 a Cuisinart. It's a TOA 70 combination toaster oven, and it's very retro. There is absolutely no digital a component in it whatsoever the the dials wind up and wind down to a bell and the knobs click or they turn so if you put you know markings or uh we put uh, uh dimo tape on ours the heat kind of got to a few of them but it it's it's been very accessible we've we've had it maybe two months and we just love it. We, we love the air fry, it air fries and it grills and it convection bakes and it can toast has a separate toast timer. And it's, we just think it's a wonderful device. That's great.
2: Janine. Okay. I love this. And I love all these tips. And I just wanted
3: to say, um, cause Haley asked what um, the her, your favorite tool is right so my favorite tool in the kitchen is a frisbee and i say this a lot and um i know janet so so she can't this say is it one of a kind <laughs> um you put frisbee so like um when you're pouring something like your spices or your water or your oil because i bake and i cook i love baking more than cooking but i i do it all so um if you pour over your frisbee then you're messed. Stays in your frisbee and you can get different colored frisbees for different things and i love your tip about putting letters on your spices i did that too another tip for your oven for those who don't know or maybe are scared of their ovens um you can put bump dots on them, like, uh, or, or letters for like high, high for yes, for high and low. So, you know, um, if you know Braille, you can buy Braille overlays. Um, and also if you're the, the tip of the cold oven's good, but you can also use your thermometer to test your cakes yeah. and stuff. Use your hand and your feel, but the, the is my favorite tool and the meat tips are all great, but I do a lot of vegetables like you too. So I love that tip. Um, so I just wanted to say that, and I I love this. Thank you guys so much, and thanks, Jeanette. Oh, thank
6: and our you. last hand in Zoom is Rosanna.
5: Hi, um, I use bump dots on my oven actually, so that I know where the start is and the end and the bake. I also use bump dots on my microwave as well. Um, thank you for the cruising art tip. I appreciate that. Uh, cause my question basically is, is there a specific place or a specific company that you know of that does still make accessible, accessible, um, appliances? Because like the air fryer I have is all digital. I can't even use it. Um, and most of everything that I sh- have seen now is all digitized and they don't have buttons or knobs or anything like that anymore. So that would be really helpful to find things that are still accessible
1: to blind people. That's a good question. You know, um, I don't know specifically, I'd have to like Google it and, and look for things. If, if you want, I can do that for you. Um, Or, you know, and you can go to my, uh, to our cooking without looking Facebook page. And leave a little message to remind me, and I can, I can um, research it for you if you want. Annette, what about you?
2: Well, you know, everything I have is pretty much digital, but I had someone help me at first to see where, you know, my stove is, is not easy to operate, but I put little bumps on it. But as far as digital, I just had to find out, okay, where's the bake? It says bake. Okay, that doesn't help me. It says air fryer. <laughs> say air fryer. I don't know where the air fryer is. But once I learn it, like the bake's in the upper left and the air fryer is in the uh, lower right. Once I know that, then it, when you hit it, it does make a little beeping sound. So I had to have someone actually help me to find out where, where the different modalities were on my stove. So I feel your pain. There's definitely a market market for that. I'm sure Renee could, would help you. I, I know that there's a book out through Magnify America. Or some of these companies have a lot of gadgets in these books, but there's nowhere you could actually try them or touch them. You have to order them from the book, you know online and get it. So that's that's not you know very helpful for you. There's got to be a place where you could actually go and try these things out. But I would try to get the book through um, Magnifying America. I knew he used to have a book. And I've been to some of these conventions for visually impaired. Yeah, a right catalog. There. Yeah, they have a catalog with all kinds of stuff like that. You just don't see them at the store. And stores are becoming dinosaurs. You can't even get a Bed Bath & Beyond <laughs> store. Um, and also, do you have a lighthouse for the blind in your area? Yeah, in Chicago, they do. Yeah. Well, that would be a good place to start and also, you know, see what they have there. They could help you, but don't try to do it on your own. You know, no, nobody's an island, especially when you're blind or vision impaired. You need to get help at first so you can get kick-started and, and get going. But Renee will, will definitely see if she can find you anything or a catalog or something. So I, I feel your pain because I've, I've had to learn through the school of hard knocks, actually. It's, it could be very frustrating. But you could do it. You could do it. Scott, I have more
6: hands, but if you want to take a couple more in the room first,
0: yeah, got one more here, and uh, we're getting really short on time once again here. But I, we do need a clarification on a, uh, an item that was uh, talked about earlier here. So I'm going to have that person ask the question here.
6: Yeah, one of the um, people talking said her favorite tool was a. I thought she said frisbee. I have no idea what that is. <laughs>
1: That that was Betsy, was that? Her? I, I don't remember her name. Jeanette? It was, uh, uh, was Janine. I
6: Jeanine.
3: will allow
0: her to answer you. Wonderful. Thank you. Go ahead, Janine.
3: Okay, so a Frisbee is commonly used as a toy. It's um, plastic, and it's, not, it's about the size of a dinner plate. They come in smaller sizes, medium sizes, and they're in different colors. And they're, um, it's a flat surface, and it's a little bit raised, and there's an edge, and then there's a lip. So it's kind of like a raised dish if you turn it upside down so um normally at conventions or different places they give them out as promotional items or if you go in the toy aisle at target or on on the friendship device meaning amazon yeah amazon um you can search for a frisbee and they don't cost very much five dollars or under so they're they're plastic in different colors so it's round um, they have square ones too. Did, have you? Oh. Does that answer your question? It's round. It has a little lip. Um, they do have different sizes. I use the normal size. It's probably like eight inches. Um, I have different colors. Like I have orange. I have teal. I have black. I have. I I bought a bunch when I was at leadership at the Capitol. They had them in the Capitol Building in Washington DC. So. Does that help you with your Frisbee? Do you, do you kind of have an idea? Normally kids would throw it or you'd throw it to a dog to catch it. <laughs> but you'd want to have a separate one for your dog and for your kitchen, right? Yes. Yes. And you you'd want to have different colors for different if you have any site if not you can mark them like you can mark one with whatever you like like if you know braille you can you can put an m on it for meat and then you could put a v on it for vegetable with your brails or your bump dots or whatever so do do you think you know what a frisbee is now person Mm -hmm. in chicago
0: yes we do we do
3: okay cool thank you Jeanette. thank you guys hello everyone so i just have a Solution for the person who asked about um, the
1: accessible, the the lady who asked about um, accessible air fryers. Um, I use the Kasori air fryer and um, toaster oven. And it's very
5: accessible. I actually, even though it's digital, um, I use it with my Alexa smart device as well as Google Home. So I would check
0: that out. All right. Well, I think that will wrap up our session for today. Ladies, thank you both for joining us. And let's give these folks a hand. Thank Thank you. Yes, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, next up, we're going to have awards, but thank you both. And uh, I always love it when we have more questions than we have time. So uh, we'll definitely be talking about some things in the future here. So
1: Scott, I just wanted to mention one thing. If if anyone does want to be on our TV show or podcast, just go to the Cooking Without Looking um, Facebook page and, and um, put a note there and
0: I'll get a hold of you. Okay, be looking for my name. I'm kind of tempted to come and do some grilling with you.
4: Cool, (laughs) that'd be great. That'd be a great joy.